Welcome to NFL Mayo. I'm Luke. I'm Joe Burrow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm Aiden. <laughs> um, I got to be honest with you, and I was saying this to, to Aiden the other day, too. Um, in a world where Tom Brady retired officially, in a world where the Bengals are in a Super Bowl after beating the Chiefs twice in a season, after mm. winning two games a year before, um, mm. uh, it's not even necessarily the biggest story. Like, shit is hitting a, hitting the fan, fly in the ointment. Uh, there's a fly in the oil. Yeah, in the in the NFL, and it's like, I don't know, man. We look sometimes. I think we like to look at this shield as a as a pretty thing. I feel like me and you like definitely talk about the the underbelly of the NFL a bit. But there's some things that I think sometimes I'm just a little too naive to 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 things going on. And of course, I'm talking about the Brian Flores uh, uh, lawsuit he's filed against the NFL, alleging racism against. Uh, three different organizations, uh, including the hiring process uh, when he visited the Denver Broncos um, and also Giants. Uh, yes, thank you, thank you that the Giants and this was all stemming that from that was the catalyst. The catalyst was the Giants job. The the catalyst for what so, sparked it. So and and I think I, I mean since we're already chatting about it, maybe we should just get to that. Let me take let me take this. So um Brian Flores, the hottest coaching candidate in this carousel and arguably the one that should be the most in demand for these head coaching jobs based off of what he did with a very bad Dolphins team. I mean, um, back-to-back winning, winning seasons in, Yeah, back-to-back winning seasons in Miami d- doesn't happen unless you're fucking like Don Shula. Yeah, a real dandy, that one. Um, Flores gets these interviews with the Giants. He seems to be in contention. He gets a text from a certain BB, Bill Belichick, who congratulates him on basically securing the job. And he's like, thank you. I really wanted it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, he, he, after a few minutes, he goes, wait a minute, coach. Are you talking about Brian Dable or are you talking about Brian Flores? And Belichick goes, I fucked this up. And then he goes, I'm sorry, BB, dash BB. Thanks, Bill. Um, so essentially, Bill cued Flores in on the fact that he was not actually the candidate they were seeking, even though they had, this is the Giants organization now, had specified that he is thick in contention and that it was coming down to the wire, but it seemed that they already had their guy locked up. And I assume seemingly the not reason, being considered. Like, seemingly like, right? he's not being considered. I will say this. Um, Timeline-wise, I'd need to see exact dates, but I would I would argue that there's a little bit of the fact that the Bills were still in the playoffs potentially at this point, or no. Um, so Dayball would have still been coaching, so they maybe maybe the Giants weren't as forthcoming with his candidacy based off the fact that he was still coaching in the playoffs. But regardless, that's not all that was in the allegations. So Flores is alleging that the Giants basically only had him interview to fulfill the Rooney role requirement, which is that you need to uh, at least consider and give interviews to minority candidates. So who are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, qualified. I think they say qualified. Um, anyway, that, that could be taken subjectively and used against people too. So because who, whose qualifications are you going by? Anywho, um, He's not the only coach who's come out with this. Hugh Jackson also. Oh, sorry. We have to circle back and say that while he was with the Dolphins, the owner was a Stephen Ross, allegedly offered to pay him $100,000 for every loss and basically was trying to incentivize him to tank for what we assume to be Tua based off of what was said. And that would explain why he has such a rigid and tumultuous relationship with Tua. And then after the fact, Hugh Jackson came out and said that the Browns did the same with him and tried to incentivize him to lose, which I find funny because he actually did lose. And I know we had this talk, and it's I get it, and I'm sure that's not the case, but it is kind of funny for a coach who's objectively not a good coach in terms of his win-loss record ever to be like, they paid me to lose too. And there's like, but you did, so did you get paid to lose? So, like, are you incriminating yourself? No, I know. I know that's not necessarily what happened, but it's just different with Flores who actually won despite that. the, the Flores, Flores is the shimmering. You're right because it's like nobody. I mean, it is so like, hard. Hugh Jackson is league. a bad coach. I'm sorry, he's just not a good coach in the league. 
in terms of head I, coaching win win loss record. I'm sure he's I a think, great person. I think you're feeding in. I think I think if when you listen back to this later in life, you'll you'll realize I I feel as though you sound like the rest of the world and without listening to what his argument and have other so people it, said that I haven't been watching anything. Well, no, but it, it, Joe Blow off the street's going to see one in thirty one or one in you know what I mean, like or, or one. All whatever. I'm saying is it got it has to carry a little bit less weight than Flores saying sure. I was pay I was going to be paid to lose and then I chose not to because that's not sure. me. But, and then but Hugh Jackson watched, was sure. But have you watched the interview uh, Hugh Jackson no. talking? <laughs> the art the headline is different than what he's saying. Okay, the headline, so yeah, I'm probably wrong. The, you're not wrong. I mean, hey, look, a win loss record is 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 something to judge a coach on, and it wasn't good. He's eleven um, and forty four in the NFL, by the way. So, so I'm with you there. But what he was trying to say was, um, I'm trying to word it the right way. So basically, when he was head coach of the Browns, they gave him a. He explained that they gave him. They laid out a four year plan. Uh, and the first two years, he said very adamantly, didn't say anything about wins or losses. Like it said things like goals, like have the youngest team in the, in the NFL and like all this stuff, like, like basically like we're going to lose to get draft picks, like read between the lines. Like the guys are staring at him. I swear to God. And so he said he brought it up. They're like, well, did you say anything? He's like, yes. Like I brought up concerns about it multiple times. It's like, it doesn't even talk about winning and losing. Like. I'm not here to like have the youngest roster, like you know what I mean. Like it, it it's it, it just like so stuff like that. And then like, so it's can more. I, can I interject it's for more, one second? Just let me kind of just try yeah, and round sorry, it a ahead. little because because he talked for like 20 minutes straight, and I was in my car like while I was listening. So, uh, um, but I think it's more of an issue of he was, and it's like Cully a little bit. Or, uh, I was like just going to say that. I'm where, sorry. I was where, just going to. No, yeah. it's fine. Well, it's like when you, you, you literally got placed somewhere and set up to fail. Like the, the big, the absolute difference is they like they extended Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson went and sat down sat, and it was in secret. So Hugh Jackson sat down uh, like with his like wife and agent and like the Browns people and stuff. And he's like, and they're like, basically like, this is per Hugh Jackson. And I'm obviously, this is not quote, because I'm going off of the fly here. But like, gave him like a contract extension in secrecy because of like, look, look, we're sorry. We're putting you in such a fucked situation. Because he's like, look, man, like I'm being set up to fail here. And like, so yes, look, I understand that like, that's quote unquote taking money. But I mean, it's his profession. Like he's, this is his one shot. And, and the idea of like, Here's where here's where it does sound weird. Is he said that he would he looked at his money at the end of like a season and he'd be like, "What is this?" And they're like, "Oh, well, that's like your the essentially like a bonus for like the games lost or something." Like, and you know now Hugh Jackson's at Grambling State. I'm sorry, I didn't even know that, and that makes it a little bit more um, backing my case. But I totally get where you're coming I under, from. It's, well, that's the it's one not that thing he set that's out the, to lose. He, no, he, he was no, he said, I'm lose. trying really hard to win. And they're like, so between the lines, so, listeners, that he's not going to say on ESPN. A way smaller we a way bl- of trying to incentivize hired a coach a, to tank. We, we hired a black coach so we could get our draft picks. We will get our Rooney Rule draft picks. And uh, we're going to keep losing until like, yeah, and, and you're going to so be So that's here why I a, wanted to interject. I was going to say, it seems that there is a... Um, system in place where these owners are hiring black coaches when their team are on, when their teams are on a trajectory to tank so that they can scapegoat them make them suffer through the bad years reap the benefits of these rules that are now in place such as the Rooney rule and then kick them to the curb generally um, after the team is on the up based off the high draft picks and the money that they dumped in free agency so that is fucked up completely. If if, if and it seems that that Here, is the case in multiple situations. Very Hugh few Jackson, black coaches Hugh, are tenured. Very few. Hugh Jackson is not dumb either. He's not going to lay out his whole case on ESPN yesterday when this is the first we've heard about it. But him and his wife were chatting with Flores and they're like on Twitter and stuff like. And she indicated to like message her and that she has documented rec- like proof, like written things that like will support his case. Like like the Browns did have this guy lose the dolphins 
are fucking this guy over. The Broncos, John Elway and the and the fucking Broncos very. Have you ever been to a job interview where the interview the interviewers are late? Like, like mm, no. That that I mean I've never and, that alone and drunk and and uh, hungover apparently. Well, and in and, and, and a job where contracts are worth millions of dollars, like this is this yeah. is an organization. So th- they like per Flores' story, it sure sounds like the Broncos were just checking a box and didn't give a fuck about him. And they're like, no, no, we took very seriously, and it was a two-hour interview. And like the Giants are like, no, we came down to the eleventh hour. But I don't know how you came down to the eleventh hour with Brian uh, Dable if Bill Belichick knew three days before exactly. fucking the fucking dude was supposed to interview. Break, and also broke the case. And it's crazy because they both are little Belichick underlings, but it's like, how many Brian or how many bills does he have in his phone, man? Or Brian's, I should say, like. Brian Flores, Brian DeBall. What a fucking idiot. Like, do you just have a bunch of Brian's and no last names? Like, it's so weird, man. It's so weird. And I and I can't imagine Why do you the... feel the need to text him anyway? Well, to congratulate him, I guess. I guess, they but must if you're going to do that and you're going to break up break the NFL in half in doing so, maybe you should just not text anybody congratulations. Well, I, I think he, maybe he the, didn't know I that think... going forward. Uh, but I think maybe the the thing is is there's a lot going on in the NFL that is well known to it everybody is, except us. So it is thin so, ice. This entire NFL facade is on thin ice. It's I'm, a very thin I'm veneer. S- I'm sitting there. I'm driving yesterday, listening to to Hugh Jackson come on live on SportsCenter out of nowhere, and he's there talking for like 15 straight minutes. And I'm sitting there thinking like, this guy better hide. Like like the stuff that he said. Like I'm I'm like scared a little. Like I I don't. I don't trust the NFL to act swiftly, and uh, and and I don't trust so much. I mean, we'll, we'll go down that road. I, but listen, but listen. Right. I, let me just say this one thing. So the uh, I lost it. Go ahead. I'll talk, and you try to think and see if you can come back to that thought. I'll just say this. I have. I it. wonder. Okay, go ahead. The NFL to be able to respond to Brian Flores's comments. Within two hours. Within, <laughs> within two hours to say it's patently false, to say his claims are unfounded. Max Kellerman had an amazing quote yesterday. He was like, the NFL takes two years to investigate a nosebleed. Like, the fucking NFL, like, people are saying the NFL took longer to investigate deflated footballs than to investigate Brian Flores's class action lawsuit, like, alleging, alleging racism. racism in the NFL. Like... They don't want this, and you know we can put you can put stop hate on your helmets and make everybody think you're being cool. But I said it on the show then that like they're not dumb; they're organization. They're gonna go with the flow of, of the world, and that's nice. But behind closed doors, the NFL and the Shield might be a very different thing. Look, we've we've spoken ad nauseum about the fact that the NFL is over seventy percent African American in terms of player base, and yet the proportion of African American coaches or any kind of coordinators or GMs or any of the sort in the uh, offices of these teams, and especially ownership, it's not present. And it doesn't make any sense because white people do not have a monopoly on football minds. Just patently false. We do not have a monopoly on foresight and football thought. Okay. Um, Generally, Football players make very good coaches as a like that's just traditionally what happens. Someone who's played the game. So why the fuck is the player base so proportionally African-American and they're not getting a chance? So the NFL tries to implement changes just like our country has implemented changes through the laws to try to fucking help people who are underserved. And then they're fucking running to the ground and taking advantage of like as so. So I'm glad that the news broke. I wonder how the NFL will handle it. Probably not well. I would assume that Brian Flores doesn't get a job in this cycle and maybe even going forward. It's, um, and he's going to be the sacrificial lamb for this whole cause. That's what's going to happen. It's, in my opinion. Well, it's very likely that he, yeah, he's very likely he never gets hired again. He's um, a great very, coach. So it's very likely that this is the hill he dies on. And, but you know what, for a coach that's as talented as he is, to, to do it is, is something I mean like you can sit there and play ball and think about the fact that like all right I didn't get hired again and I'll just keep getting my gig and this is about you know I have a life to live but there's something a great deal like more difficult to be like 
instead of making my nut and absolutely getting hired for one of these head coaching gigs and, you know, continuing to take care of my family, he's a young dude. He's a young head coach and obviously very talented. Um, to, to put that on the line, he's not, he's not dumb. Like he knows that's, that's probably gone now. That's like a sacrifice. Like <laughs> how many, how many owners are going to, how many owners and organizations want to touch this guy when, when it's probably for the most part a boys club who sides with the, uh, the you know the opposite. And I, I mean, that's one thing for Brian Flores. Okay, I'm going to preface this by saying this is completely a joke. Um, Brian Flores, that's a lot for him to do, but like Hugh Jackson to come out and say this stuff, knowing how massively rich he is based off of his incentives for the over 30 losses he had in two seasons. Like he doesn't need the money or the record. He's he's sitting pretty on the sideline. He's rich. Hugh Jackson was put into a bad situation and is now working hard to to shine lights on HBCUs as the head coach of Grambling State. Hugh Jackson's mm-hmm. a good man. I that's awesome. And they had the first HBCU combine. So which is fucking awesome. Saying, you you easy to kick a easy to kick a Browns head coach when they're down. There's lots of them. I give Hugh Jack. I, I'll say it. I'll say it again. I think Hugh Jackson's probably an amazing person and a great guy and a great coach in terms of player um, friendly coaching style and all that. I just think, broad sweeping terms, I've never seen him do anything good coaching ever, like ever in the NFL. I've never heard of him doing well. But we can move on. And I'm just joking around a little bit. Obviously, I'm, I'm happy we. Thank came you for coming out. Well, it wasn't the plan. You took those reins, but I'm glad we did too. And it's the most important um, present story right now. Hugh Jackson, thank you for coming out and saying these things. And I hope that other coaches are empowered to get their truth out. Um, it's very likely he's going to be – I mean, like, it, it immediately drew comparisons to Kaepernick. Um, and, and I hate to – I hate to – I don't know if the comparison is – it's not one to one, but like it's not one to one. No, no, is... this is what I was gonna say. So the, the Me Too movement came out, and it empowered a lot of people to come out and say these things because they felt backed. And I wonder what could potentially happen from this in terms of not even just African American coaches, but other coaches coming out against organizations that try to get them to tank because now they feel like they have some backing. Well, let me tell you this: like the the landscape of the of the league. Is shaking. Was that okay to right say? Now. By the way, I don't know if that's like okay to even mention, but I do see there could be potential comparisons in terms of like people coming out to feel empowered to speak their truth. No, it's absolutely. I mean, it's the okay. same deal as like, um, I mean, when Kaepernick knelt, then other people realized they could do it too. It, it, you know what I mean? Like with Flores coming out a day later, you have Hugh Jackson being like, I was put in a difficult situation and felt as though I couldn't say anything. Cause I'm a black man in a situation that I, uh, black men rarely get. So do I shut up and play ball because I'm, I'm being afforded such a nice thing that other black people aren't, or do I put my life and career on the line and become the sacrificial lamb? And like, you know, that's the difference between Kaepernick being studied in textbooks and not fucking Guinness books. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and Flores, hopefully this line. starts. Thank you. Yeah. I'm a writer. Um, I don't think he would be in a Guinness book, but that's a great line. Um, <laughs> I was just going off the fly. Um, but you know that. But that's the thing, and it's like, you know, maybe sitting here, post everything that's happened in the world with with, with race and stuff. <laughs> thanks, uh, with race and stuff. Maybe Brian Flores does get a gig. Like maybe this. Maybe not only does it start. Like you know, we we can't say what the world's gonna be, but the cynic in me is got a feeling that uh you know dude the seneca wallace in me is saying shield. that the seneca wallace in me is a baller yeah like, okay let's like, move I on from him. these stories i do want to quickly ask Hand, you this rg3 question. kept trying to rg3 kept trying to do this thing yesterday comparing it i want to interrupt you again uh, no, I but I wanted to tell podcast, you, so go ahead. uh, he did it like he did it on, uh, the first show he was on. And then he did, tried to do the same bit a second time where he was trying to compare hiring a black coach to wearing a mask. Uh, and he's like, it's like the people that don't want to wear a mask, you know, it could be the best thing for you. It could what? keep you safe. Like, you know, talking about like hiring a black coach. And I'm like, aren't you through that? I don't know if that one works, man. And then he did it again on the next, on the next like show. It was really funny. 
I will ask you this. As someone who has routinely commented on tanking in the NFL and how I think that that is absolutely a thing that happens, and you have consistently said that can't happen, that's not what happens, um, it does happen, and now we know. And how? It, it, and another very thing. very unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I don't even know where to go with that. Because, like, if my I was eyes in charge, are, my eyes are getting open. I'm sitting naive, naive fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to tank, but these are organizations, so... You also a, made a comment a the other day where you said college football wasn't real, and I want to say live on air, the NFL literally pays their coaches to not win games. So don't ever talk to me about well, how college football's not real when it's I love more real than just, the NFL 100%. I love college football, just the, it, it, the consequences aren't as big for me, so I enjoy the NFL more for that. Um, but here's what's up. Um, yeah, not only does it happen, but like, look, we all had a nice – parade for sean payton last week but i'll never forget that sean payton's team played paid players and was proven to do so to hurt greg to hurt greg williams my least favorite like, coach in the like, nfl history i hate and greg including williams. including my vikes in the nfc championship like I'll, I'll never forget about that so like and and he came right back in the league and coach but and probably will again um so you know you know dirty shit goes on and shady shit but that was over a decade ago um you gotta like and 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 this to be happening in light of uh, you know just the climate we've been in socially the past couple of years is when you we know, it's it's I agree it's good and bad when we uh when you post this will you put a little timestamp for when we talk about the games just because we opened with like a huge long uh just in case if any potential viewer wants to listen just to the game uh breakdowns because this is a lot of heaviness um I'll say quickly. Head coaches and GMs, the, we're going to talk a lot more about team building and stuff like that in the offseason when there's not in-season content to discuss. And there will likely be more um, unfolding to these stories, more more news. I'll just say, like, quickly, McDaniels to the Raiders, a head coach. Hackett from the Packers to the Broncos. Vikings interviewed um, Harbaugh. He didn't, he didn't go to the Vikings. He came back on National Signing Day yesterday. He took an interview. Which is fucking really that was funny. So strange. And we don't have to dwell on all that, but just like cursor cursory over the top, like stuff like that. There's a lot of movement in the, the league word, right now. The word is that uh we're just waiting for the Rams to play the Super Bowl so we can sign their OC. Yeah, and I um, think that'll happen. He'll be your new hot shot young offensive guy. Dude, okay. I'm so we need that. to talk about the we need to talk about the games. But Absolutely. I want to I want to lead with with the post game interview of Sean McVay in the night game. Did you did you stay after the game to watch anything, dude? Luke, no. I almost recorded it and sent it to you. So they're interviewing Sean McVay, and he's I don't remember anything he said other than the fact that he had the mic in his face. He goes, "How about those fans?" to the crowd, oh and he like God. completely changed his tone, and it was so funny. How about those fans? Yeah. And then he went back to normal tone. You need to find the clip. It's so funny, Luke. He's so weird. Do it for Joe. No, dude, Luke, you have to find that clip because it's something that you'll lose I your will. mind over. Um, all right. We're in the pocket like Burrow. Zeros on zeros on zeros. Let's go Bengals yeah, Chiefs. First game. Um, the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl, Luke. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Not something that's happened in our lifetime. Uh, so that's always a marvel. Uh, not only that, but it's a team that had two wins last year, um, which is unbelievable. And Yeah, they were the number one pick two years ago, the number five pick last year, and this year, at worst, the number 31 pick. Unprecedented. And real quick, before you go into it, I really, 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 really don't want to hear any shit. And I'm not just saying this about you. I'm saying this about a lot of people, about how the Bengals did it, went from worst to first. It's possible teams could – that's not how it works, dude. This is like a one in a million. Like, I've never seen a QB elevate their team in this kind of way when their team is – and we'll talk about it. And I'm talking like we've had long conversations about how number one picks tend to suck. And I and this is this is tied into the, the, the tanking philosophy that we discussed in the offseason – and yeah, there's your patents. Yeah, there's your other first picks that do well. But to do well coming off of a broken in half leg with the worst offensive line potentially in the league 
and go from worst, worst to then first in three years consecutively, that's not something that's going to be mimicked by other teams. So I really, I know that they're going to talk about how that's like a thing now. And like people love to copy the hot shot team. This is not, it's not going to happen because you're not going to find a rookie QB who knows how to do what Joe's doing, which is running the team and learning the defense on the fly as the game progresses and then fucking shutting them down with ice in your veins and getting the ball where it has to go every time despite getting your head cocked back on every throw. Nobody's doing that. No no young a hel- QB. A healthy taste of luck here and there, but he does capitalize on the lucky breaks. What what was lucky? Just like the the odds of picking Mahomes in overtime and the odds of like getting like uh like I mean it's just like it's, what did I call he, that what did I call that Bengals defense Luke opportunistic they are no absolutely I'm just saying like it's this has been a very magical season um here's where I think that's such a what I want to say is I think it's such a cynical take man I think it's such a such a such a sour take because. I understand where you're coming from. That this Let's is such, uh, it's just such an amazing like culmination that <laughs> that uh, of of basically to to draft this team for everything to fall into place uh, all at the right time and for for a quarterback to be like Joe Burrow is hard to happen. There's not going to be many quarterbacks that are game ready as pro ready as Joe Burrow. Um, I mean, year two looks like year eight. Like this guy knows what he's doing. Um, He's the best so, yes, young QB to come into the NFL in recent memory that I can remember. And there are a billion young QBs that come in the NFL who are more talented than him with their athleticism. I'm just going to say was, that right I was, now. I was watching all of his fun, cocky comments, and somebody said, like, was like Tom, like this is why Tom retired. He's like, the league's in good hands. And I'm like, that's fair. Like, I, I, I'm into that, you know? Um, uh, and, I, and I really like to see this. I, I hope... I, Part of me hopes he goes and does it. Part of me hopes Stafford gets one for for being long suffering. And I mean, the the storylines are, are 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 fruitful to say the least. But my only thing to 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 say that this can't be mimicked is I think the the way to look at it is that it can happen because it did. And to say that it can't would be the same thing as five years ago being like, yeah, because no quarterback could ever do that because we didn't know Joe Burrow could do that. We don't know what's going to happen. And we don't like the well, fact people that people weren't is, saying that have, leading up to Burrow. They were saying, let's I know, find the next I Sean know. McVay. Let's find the next hot shot. Young I know, person. And then it listen, wouldn't work. It didn't work. The for fact, teams. the fact of the matter is a team that was a two win organization who hasn't been to the Super Bowl since the, uh, since the eighties, who's never won one, uh, did turn around did do a 180 over the span of a season. So whether and whether or not like the like the miracle things can happen, people. This this is on wax, man. This happened. It can happen again now. It's done. Like, and I think that's, I think that's the encouraging angle is to so know let me, that. You let know me just what? say like, this because I've had teams that have won two and three games and not turned around, and it's been a nightmare. But the You're Bengals, saying it's- if 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 the Bengals, who are the Bungles, like the Bengals who are associated with bad football and 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 have been our entire lives can do it in the, in this short of time anybody can is where my brain goes. Let me say this under I the right exactly circumstances where you're coming from. That's the asterisk. Okay, so yeah, under the right circumstances. So yes, <clears throat> the Bengals did it, why not others? Um I'm just from my point of view and you can call me crazy if you want. <clears throat> Zach Taylor non-factor. Um offense non-factor in this and Defense, non-factor, without Joe. Joe is the thing that is getting this thing going to the point where I don't think there is a player at the quarterback position of his caliber that has come into the NFL in the last, I I don't fucking know, 10 drafts and probably won't come in 10 more drafts. Yes, it could happen. I'm saying I don't think there is any QB that would have went to the Bengals other than Joe Burrow that would have done this at all. And I don't think there are more like him because – You can get guys with arm talent. You can get guys that learned from Ohio State, the quarterback school currently, and then went and killed it at LSU with the best wide receivers known to mankind. But finding a guy with those tools and the brain makeup of a guy like Joe from the Midwest, from the same state, with all who who transcends race and who transcends age, like it just it doesn't happen. And to hear the Bears say stuff like, "I don't Justin Fields in year two, no, just." 
nip that in the bud and don't even fucking talk about it. Because what I happened with have, the Bengals is purely Joe Burrow. It, and you will think, not get another one. I think you have short-term memory from like a league we grew up in where there were handfuls of great quarterbacks and they come in waves. Like, And how and many of I, them I, did I, that? How many of them did that? What Joe did? Uh, Roethlisberger went, won a Super Bowl his rookie year. Peyton Manning turned the Colts around. They were the worst organization did in they, the NFL. Did, did the, not did over the, what? Not did over the Steelers two have the worst offensive line known to mankind? Did no, but Roethlisberger listen, get his leg snapped in half? Did he have I'm Mike Tomlin? Arguing, like, I understand you love Burrow. Burrow's great. He's doing a great I do. job. That's really but, what it is. But I'm just, but I'm just saying, like Burrow's gonna have peers. It's Burrow. It's Mahomes. It's Lamar. It's gonna be a few other people, and, and that like do you, we are gonna have more people pop up, and we are gonna be in the new wave of this. Like it's not gonna be just a one man quarterback show. Like yes, Burrow's amazing, but he's gonna have competitors, just like we oh, were ready to I'm call not Patrick Mahomes. That. I know, but I'm saying like this good football is not going to be just from him. That he's going to rise. Everybody's going to rise to meet him. I feel as though this I is like I this is the good NFL angle. I agree with that. All I was saying is I get tired of the narrative of the Bengals did it, we can do it because I don't think that that is um, a smart way to go about it when it was like a one in a million to get Joe. That's where I'm coming from because I heard the Bears say like. The Bengals did it. Justin Fields could do it next year. It's like, okay, why are you even speaking that into existence when it will not happen because they're it's not translatable? So I'm not saying Joe Burrow has a monopoly on young QB talent. No, I just think it that, is like, not going to happen. That I just way. think you're so rigid. I think you just say this will happen, this won't, and like your word is like law. Because I'm like, why do you automatically assume oh, that Justin just Fields can't transcend? And I was gonna say like, like uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think Fields is good. Like I understand the Bears are fucked from a coaching perspective, but like. I don't know. Maybe I am being too rigid. I I guess I'm it could happen. I just don't want people to I hate those narratives if that makes sense. So like when Sean McVay killed it, it was like the only way to do it right now is to get a young hot shot, literally hot physically, young offensive coach to be our and then a bunch of teams failed doing it and a couple teams did well. Like the same year Kyle Shanahan did well. And like you have here you have Lawrence going to the Packers, and he did well because of Aaron. It's stuff like that. You know what I mean? There's, It's a copycat league. And I feel like Here's, the narrative going into the offseason will be like, what's the next Bengals? Who's the next Joe Burrow? It's like, okay, I, like, can we I'm not a, appreciate the magic that's happening right now? Like, Okay, I'm right. Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, here's what I'm smelling. You're worried Burrow's not going to get his credit. Don't worry about that. Burrow is going to get his dick sucked off his pelvis every Burrow fucking minute at Ohio State. of every fucking day for the next like fucking twelve years. Like he's the new guy. Have you have you opened your phone and seen that ninety percent of what you see is Joe Burrow I've been being super it cool? For years, Luke. Like, I've been I saying it for years, but and you're, you hated he's it. getting his flowers, so enjoy okay. it. Yeah. Like, like we got a little like, heated. I'm he's gonna, gonna I'm get gonna, his credit. I'm gonna crank it down a few. What it really boils down to is. Um, I think very highly of him, and I don't think other people are comparable. And that's really what it is. That's really what Not it yet. is, and you nailed Except it on that. Except for Pat. Except for Pat. Well, again, that's what a situation Pat Mahomes came into, and he is the best talent. And I've said that, and I will say this, and I said it, well, I think, last week. three years ago, we said there'd never be somebody that could do something like Patrick Mahomes, and here Pat, we sit. So that's, I, firmly, I firmly think Pat Mahomes would have been a nobody if he was in the situation that Joe Burrow went into on the Bengals. I think he would have been so bad, he would be a nobody in the league. I really do. I really do. Like, if you look at what Pat I mean, does fine. with that. That's and, fine. And we will if never Burrow know. goes to Minnesota, like, and, and you know what I mean? Like, who knows what happens? I don't know. Like, I know. Minnesota's not well, a good we, thing. Let's, talk, like, about, let's goes, talk about the games. That's good receivers there. <laughs> this but is a good podcast because we have differing opinions today. If We're just Burrow bouncing. and Lauren, if Burrow goes to Jacksonville, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think he does well because look what he did with the Bengals. With nothing. Except for offensive talent at the skill positions. Like, and it's not like the Jaguars don't have some talent at the skill positions. They have Chenault. They had DJ Chark before he got hurt. They got Marvin Jones. And their running back is the guy from Illinois State who kicked ass as like an undrafted dude. Like their offensive line yeah, sucks. And I think Joe is the kind of guy that overcomes those things based off of his cerebral play style where he knows where the ball is supposed to go. And he knew that coming in. So we don't have to talk about it anymore. I do – apologize for getting heated and i do tend to take a stance that i think is I correct i don't think i don't think you're heated at all i get i get to the point where i'm like this is what it is and i need to have leeway of thought and that's it let's talk about the well, game though it's an opinion podcast we don't you know 
I think people will agree with both of us because, of course, it could happen again. Um, my, I just think as a fan of a bad team, as a fan of a bad team, consistently, it's good I to have hope. to. Be- I I have to look at the Bengals and believe I'm not I can saying do that. that the Vikings can't be good in a in a one year turnaround. I'm saying don't put it, don't put that pressure on a young QB. Is what I'm saying. Why would you compare? Justin Fields to Joe Burrow. What, if what Burrow can take the pressure, do? why can't Fields? But why does that have to be the narrative? Why why can't you why can't you be like we got to build it our way instead of copying the fucking hot young team that just did something? It hardly ever works that way. It's a copycat league, and it annoys me. Try to strike do out and do Bears, it your own way. Do you think the Bears are going to copy the Bengals? Like, how could they? Like, I, I... no, because of what they. They hired a defensive coach. If Who's they were copying cop- the Bengals, then that's what I want to know. Like, who do you, who do you in, in your head is going to start trying to copy Cincinnati? Uh, it's not going to happen because you literally can't. I'm saying that the narrative is being is being jacked from them, and they're using that to try to um, prop up their respective fan bases. They're saying I mean, we could do it because of hope. them. That's how I feel, but I understand where you're coming from. It is all. I think a lot it's. Of I think it's just unfair pressure on young QBs, and I don't think it. It's. Uh, we're talking about this forever. All right. So the Chiefs come out of the gates fucking crazy against the Bengals in this um, conference championship game. They go up very quickly. I think at one point it was twenty-one to three. You have the Bengals aren't getting much done in the first half. What, what, what you're actually seeing, though, is Joe on Fight Night Round 3 kind of testing his range, you know, kind of getting his stiff jab out there. You know, maybe he'll throw an A button special haymaker every once in a while to uh, T. Higgins. But he's really just waiting for the uh, stamina to deplete so he can just start rocking them. And what happens is, going into halftime... You're seeing two classic power fighters. Um, I can't think of any quotes from the... Announcer, because it's been so long since I played. Elbows it. tight to the chest. It's fucking. Um, I, I've been I've been playing it a lot, dude. He, he uses the Philly shell blocking style. I'll tell you that. I'm much. a mummy. Mummy. Okay. <laughs> nah, I do traditional. I, I do traditional. Yeah, I like traditional. Um. I so c- going into halftime, the Chiefs have about a minute on the clock after the Bengals score their first touchdown to Samaji P Ryan off a screen, and the Bengals chunk it down the field, or sorry, the Chiefs chunk it down the field. They get a pass interference on Tyreek Hill in the back of the end zone, setting them up with a first and 10 with like 15 seconds left going into half. And they somehow, with no timeouts left, throw a swing route into the flats to Tyreek Hill. I assume expecting that he'll beat everyone to the edge because he's a cheetah. And he gets tackled by, I think, Eli Apple and another dude. Clock runs out, no extra points in the half, not even a field goal. After they were at the one yard line with like 15 seconds I mean, left, how does that, that fucking so happen? Fucked up to me. Even watching it, that I'm like, game Look, I is probably done if you get a score. They, well, and Maybe. I understand the mind. I understand the mindset there. Like, look, man, they were scoring at will. I, I'm gonna like literally, yeah. Audience, I, I went on a hike. Like, I, I was like, I was like, well, right, I was yeah. like, and. I did. I was like, I'm gonna head on over to Runyon, and uh, it's it's right outside my door. And the Chiefs are spanking living shit at the Bengals. And how cool is it they made an AFC AFC Championship appearance? That's like you know the buck stops here. And and this will just tickle your little dick, but like you can't do that with Joe Burrow. Like you just do. Can't you remember do it. what I texted? And I no. think was it you I, or I was, was it T that called well, me? Because I told Taylor, I told Taylor because I was so excited about Championship Weekend. I was like, I'll go, uh, I'll I'll go and hike with you. I don't care. But do you care if maybe I have my phone? Because you know, but you're up on this fucking hill, so the signal started cutting. So like, when things when the shit starts hitting the fan, and I'll let you get to it. I was like, what is happening? Like <laughs> I was like texting you, and I was like, okay, Tell Luke. Me. Of all like, the seasons, you should know by now that these games start sleepy and end exciting. I know. I just, I just don't. I've just kind of had enough of it. My Vikings did it, and I was on the wrong side of it. So now I'm like, whatever. So right before the Chiefs failed to score, I texted the group chat and said, "You know what? Good for the Bengals for being so ahead of schedule. This has been a great season for them." And then I texted immediately after. I'm like, "JK, Bengals, Bengals are storming back in the second half with Joe." And then they did, and T tried to call me out on it. He's like, "Didn't you fucking say they're gonna lose?" I'm like, "Not really." I did. I, I mean, did think they'd storm you, back. You said both to cover your bases. It's a smart yeah, bet. Yeah, smart bet. Um, second half hits. Bengals have momentum. 
due to the lack of scoring at the half. And I think momentum is the most important thing in football, more so college, but definitely also plays into the NFL. So Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken, get the ball in the second half, fail to score. Bengals start scoring, start scoring, start scoring. T. Higgins is getting clutch third down catches all the time. Uh, Jamar Chase is being covered to fuck. Mixon's getting some yards. It's happening. They start to creep back. It gets to the end of the game. Overtime. We go into overtime in this game. Do you remember how it ended? Didn't the no, Chiefs put him into overtime? Oh, you didn't even um, watch it. See, I'm trying to remember the end of the game. It's been a little bit. But I do I know. I just know it went to overtime. I know the Chiefs won the toss. The Chiefs won the toss. The entire following crowd the week, Following the week that the Chiefs won the toss and beat the Bills, you, you know, you think that um, it's no problem. But the Chiefs died in the second half, dude. Like absolutely, just like so. I don't, I don't know what happened. And that I, Bengals I, like, defense cranked it up on him, dude. Right, but they must have just had I, really good adjustments at halftime. Straight up, that we're not the Chiefs. Too. When you're the Chiefs, don't you lose? Like, don't you lose that game? Like, like instead of I understand the Bengals won, but some part of me is like when you are so strongly favored to win that game and so easily scoring in the first half and stuff, like you lost the game almost more than the Bengals won it. Almost. I agree to that. I agree to that, especially with the talent disparity roster wide. But I will say this in the second and half. There opportunistic were things- is opportunistic. Like you always say, a win is a win. So the Bengals earned it. I'm just – yeah. But if you recall, and I don't know if you caught these if you were at Runyon, but there were some plays in the second half where Chris Jones would have like an entire bear paw on Joe and he would like shruck it off and run for a first down. Like he had some of these runs that he was getting ripped down in the pocket and he'd break free and get a first down. Like he literally was carrying them a bit in the second half. Like, and then T Higgins had so many clutch catches. My great fear, my great fear uh, has always been that he doesn't have the protection and to, to he'll get hurt again. That he almost ruined his fresh or his rookie year. So, look, he's been able to do it, and he's young, and he's you know dinking and dunking and scooting out of sacks, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's Pop Warner. It's it's gorgeous. But if they don't get him some big protection in the off season, um, they're foolish. And I, I mean, he's got a hell of a pass rush to face in the Super Bowl. Let's close out that game. It goes into overtime, like you said. The When the Chiefs win the toss, the crowd erupts, which is another indication that maybe we should change the rule if the crowd the is Chiefs so... Tweeted, the Chiefs tweeted in all caps, we won the toss! Did you I see know, that? I sent that, and they said, final score. Like, the follow-up oh, was final, final. score. Um, so, Chiefs get the opening drive. They almost get an interception where Eli Apple jumps it and it would have been game over because he would have ran straight into the end zone. And then right after that, they throw one up on a on a third and long to Tyree Kill deep and it gets perfect coverage tipped up. Jesse Bates basically ripped it from him. And then that sets up the Bengals. Joe takes him down the field. They're in the position where they could arguably try to just score a touchdown, but they kind of just like run, run, um, fall down in the middle, McF- McPherson ends it again. What a fucking run for this. I got, I got home. I got home for Joe for this, like for, for like this Bengals drive. The fact that I was like rock on, they beat the number one seed in the AFC and then beat the chiefs for a second time after they have film on you, after they have played you, you know how hard it is to beat a team twice, especially when you upset them. Wow. I have nothing else to say. We've we've talked ad nauseum about Joe Burrow. So Pat also incredible game for the most part. Pat's the man, dude. Like he tapered down in the second half. Do you want to talk about I Jackson know. and Brittany at all, or do you want to wait till the offseason? Because that's also yeah. a big talking point. Okay, um, <laughs> let's talk about 49ers and Rams. This game, I actually do not remember as much of it as the Bengals game, but the things that I do remember were Cooper Cup killing it and Garoppolo throwing his weekly hospital routes to wide receivers. Mm -hmm. And just, I'll say this. I had this talk before we started um, recording. 
Jimmy Garoppolo is one of those guys that I just don't think is very good at his job, despite having a really good record. Um, I say the same thing about Jim Harbaugh. You hear all the people, and this is a different, it's not apples to apples, he's a coach. Jim Harbaugh goes to Michigan. He outright sucks and doesn't win any, and I mean any, games against his rivals or ranked teams for the first like five years. He has a good team because his name appeal, his, his, his name value brings in recruits. So he has better recruits than Brady Hoke, than Rich Rodriguez, than those kind of guys. So yeah, his, he wins against the shit middle tier teams. He's going to do that because his roster's better, but he can't beat the good teams where he has a comparable talent because he's not good at coaching. He's not good at scheming. He's not hiring the right coaches. What was the big conversation about all these Michigan guys like Rashawn Gary and Quiddy Pay and stuff like that coming into the draft? It was that they are uber talented, undercoached. So my critiques of Jim Harbaugh are that, yeah, his record's good, but is he a good coach? Like, is he doing well? He did well in the NFL, and I will not deny that. He was incredibly in the NFL, but he didn't win big games. He did not win. He's never won big games. So... I see similarities with that, specifically with with Garoppolo. What are big games, NFC championships? You're correct. He made the NFC championship like three years in a row, but he didn't win the Super Bowl, and he never won bowl games uh, at Michigan. Is all I'm saying. The big one. Sorry, the big one. I get, and you're right. I can easily be be argued against with this point. And yes, I am against Harbaugh, but Garoppolo is the kind of guy that had made the Super Bowl a few years ago, two or three. I can't remember sure. the exact. He could have made the Super Bowl, and he's. What has he ever done to elevate that team that you've ever seen? Literally ever. Ever. What has I mean, he ever done to elevate anything? I'm not I I, I won't sit here and say that Garoppolo is He's not even a good team, game manager. But I don't yeah, I'm gonna say, I, I don't know that he's there to elevate a team. Uh I think he but but I think he's there to play with an amazing tight end, an amazing uh weapon with Debo Samuel and and Ugh. there to kind of just Debo hold it down. I like I have no problem with a quarterback that can hold it down especially when that quarterback is making uh playoff runs. I'll say so, this, um Jimmy Garoppolo is half as good as Kirk Cousins. Oh, without a doubt. Not so like Kirk like, is a bad man. If you're going to talk about a like a really good game manager who also can't really win big games, but like a really good game yeah. manager, Kirk Cousins. But like Garoppolo, I've never seen him elevate his team. I've rarely seen him stay on time with his passes. His passes are generally not where they need to be to run with the ball, and that's like hallmark of West Coast offense. The only reason Trey Lance isn't starting is because Trey Lance doesn't know the offense. Like Jimmy Garoppolo say, throws but, hospital routes. Like he could get his well, guys hurt, and he misses passes all the time. And then like Lynch is like embracing him in the tunnel afterwards, and then like I, he has his presser the other day, and I have to ask you, is it? Have you ever seen? A player who's the starting quarterback. I mean, no, you haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm teeing that up too hard. But I, I won't, I won't do all the, the qualifiers. But have you ever seen a player on a team have a press conference saying, "Yeah, I, ex- I expect I'm going to be traded." Well, they like, already fr- came out from, and said they're working from on the it. official like 49ers like like Levi's 49ers background. It's, it's so weird. It's like. It's so pitiful. Like it seems pitiful, in my opinion. I, I I did not care for it. I was like, this poor fucking guy. I was like, it's not like a sweet like. They're like, what's your favorite memories? He's like, oh, I've had a great time at Levi's and like you had like a good time uh, at other stadiums, like playing for the Niners. Like, and it's like this is fucked up. And they're I just talking totally about how you're gonna re- get traded and stuff. That. Like, it. I get it's where you're coming so from. Weird. I think that fan it's base so is angry weird. with them. I fuck think them. Well, like, I'm fuck just saying. That. I, think I understand. Like, well, when you've had Montana we won- and Young, like we could have won a Super Bowl a few years ago, and we could have made the Super Bowl this year if not for him. I think that's the narrative. And I'll say this really what quick nice before life. we dive into the game a little more: um, the fact that they traded up two first picks to get three, I think, to get Trey Lance, and then they still made the the conference championship without starting him the whole year and leaning on the veteran so he could sit and learn. That is an incredible success for that, for what you tried to do. Um, And I think the coaching of the 49ers overcomes the lack of skill for the quarterback already. I think Garoppolo is not that great. And I think the great run scheming and the great tight end and the great wide receiver running back hybrid Debo 
elevates him. I don't think he does any elevating at all. Their special um, teams are incredible. The special team. The I've coaching never... on the 49ers is the best in the NFL this year, in my opinion. It is. I think good. it is. And I think there is the fans have a right to be angry with that level of coaching um, and what Jimmy's put on the field. But however, I don't think that what you described is a great way to handle that at the end. It I didn't know that so... happened. It's like sad, man. It's like, yeah, like you should check it out. It's so weird. And it's like, so there's going to be an official Niners presser, but it's him. But he's saying like the headline is like he expects to be trained. And he's like, yeah, I spoke with John Lynch. And it's like, this is weird, man. A Why couple of thoughts. John Lynch having this presser? <gasps> A like, couple of thoughts on the game. Um, the game was the 49ers to win pretty much the whole game until the end. And McVay looked out of his league coaching wise against Shanahan, who has beaten him six sure. times in a row. McVeigh was taking um or he was challenging plays that honestly he shouldn't have been challenging. Didn't he, he lose losing two his, challenges? Yeah, he was losing his timeouts left and right, which is just a bad sign of coaching and game management. And he manages to come out in the end due to Garoppolo missing throws, due to Stafford teeing it up with Cooper Cup, who's just fucking incredible. Cooper Cup is so good. Um I mean, absolutely. And that's that's what decided it in the end. I think Kyle Shanahan and that coaching staff deserves an exceptional amount of praise for what they did this year. And that's it. That's the divisional or that's the conference championship round. I love it. And you know, we're going to be, we're going to have so much time. Like uh, I'm taking a little, little trip. I'll be back uh, in time next week to, to do a Super Bowl special um, where we'll, we'll go in depth on, on what we expect for the game and stuff. But um, obviously I'm so excited for this matchup, man. Like, so excited for this matchup. It's glorious. It's glorious, too, that it's like uh, it was fun being here with the with San Francisco and L.A. at SoFi for that championship game. Like, the town was, was really buzzing. Um, you could just feel it. Like, they're really happy the Rams are here. I was sitting here thinking yesterday, I'm like, man, the St. Louis Rams really just are like, just like very specifically a part of our childhood, like Nintendo and like, yeah. the, the well, Nintendo is part They're of my like, daily life, buddy. Well, but you know what I mean? Like the, right. the Rams are as the Rams are as nineties as Nintendo 64 or the game. Like, you know what I mean? And then eventually I guess they did, they, they spanned into the early aughts, but they are such a creation of the nineties and the, the fan base here was so eager to have the LA Rams back. And it's just crazy when, in my lifetime, the LA Rams didn't really exist. You know what I mean? So like, I don't. I only know of the history, and like, to see how pumped everybody is to have him back is awesome. Poor Chargers, because nobody gives a fuck. But you have histrionic um, personality disorder. I have a personality disorder. Histrionic personality disorder. Oh, what is that? You over exaggerate and embellish your stories to make yourself um look cool. Oh man, I know people that do that. I'm it's me? fucking terrifying. No, <laughs> I'm, no. I'm totally joking. That is a joke that I probably shouldn't make, but he just said history and it made me think of it. I don't care. Uh, it, it, like, look, man, it's super cool. And, um, in a person with histrionic personality disorder, self-esteem depends on the approval of others. Overwhelming desire to be noticed often behave um, dramatically or inappropriately to get attention. Ooh. That's not you. It's it's, it's much more high pathological me. than high that. school. Maybe high school. Me maybe because I, when I read about it, I was like, is that me? And I'm like, I think it's a lot more obsessive because we don't need to do that. We do it for fun. We don't, we don't base our entire life off that, but yeah, sorry. That was an aside. Um, it's so cool that you're living in LA when this is happening too. And like, you can see it, it. you can live it. You're in the environment. It's almost akin. It's not the same to when I was first in Vegas was right as the golden Knights were going into the playoffs in their first oh, yeah. year as an expansion team. And the city they was won buzzing. the fucking Stanley cup, dude. Everyone was first wearing year. the golden Knights garb and everyone was talking about it. And there was like, get 10% off if you wear your golden Knights stuff. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? So I didn't go to a game. I wish I would have, it was expensive. Cubs won the world series when, uh, when I was living in Chicago, that was cool. Like maybe it's, you're it's the always... magic ticket. <laughs> I mean, fuck that. I need to make there... Minnesota. Is there anything else you want to talk about for this week's podcast? I don't want to make any predictions until next week for the Super Bowl. That's fair. Yeah, I think we should see um I think we should leave that for the Super Bowl spectacular. I do the tease of that is um they released the uniforms they're wearing 
And uh, for some reason, I don't know how this works, but the Bengals are the home team uh, at SoFi. For the like, the Bengals are the home team, and uh, and it, it, but then then I read the so Rams, the Rams will... get the toss. They get to pick the toss. I guess yeah. The Rams and then they like, get to pick read... in overtime if they get. Okay. And the Rams are like the Rams will keep their locker room is what they said. Like so, <gasps> uh, like what the, that so makes no it, sense. I know, but it's sick as fuck uh, from a uniform perspective, which you know I'm always thinking about. Because even though these Bengals are very lucky and they're all whites, um, they're rocking a very classic orange helmet, black jersey, white pant. Looking I like that. Glorious. And the Rams are doing their modernized throwback. Uh, hearkening back to the to the sort of like uh, Kurt Warner era, um, and be- and before as well, um, they look fucking beautiful as well. Much better than their bone jerseys. That's actually the only jersey they have that's an official white. <laughs> it's uh, which is kind of funny. It's not bone. I'm an official white. It's glorious, man. It's absolutely glorious. I had a um, thought. You know how um, a lot of stadiums for all football teams um, have a really shitty away team locker room, no matter what it's and the, and then sometimes they do things to make it worse. Like they don't have hot water in there for them and stuff like that. What if SoFi's spaceship space age stadium, that's like billion dollars had just like a rickety little away locker room inside of that massive going like glorious facility. Wouldn't that be so it looks funny? Like, they just transplant like out of like a high yeah. school one out of like, Ron Fanestock away stadium. They just transplanted Windy, Windy City Boxing Gym from Fight Night Round Three. <laughs> the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> you just hear like the muffled yelling in the background as you're fighting. Still somehow crazy hot card girls to to mark the rounds. I don't know. What's um, some of those songs? Is see, I know you like my swagger, but there's other that's ones. The main one. Non-stop. We ain't never the... getting up. There's that one. There's the back again. Back again. Back again. Yeah, we're back again. For the very fourth time. Four in a fellow meo. I've been Aiden. I'm Luke. Yeah, we're back again. We'll see you next week. Oh my god. We didn't talk about Tom Brady retiring. All right, let's talk about it. Here's where I stand. We we've been talking about Tom Brady for twenty five years. Just we're like talking the about same Tom Brady that, a lot. Do we need to do we need gonna, to keep talking about him? And we're, we're gonna, gonna talk keep about, talking him more. about him going forward. And we're talking about him more. But just like Tom Brady did not mention the Patriots in his uh in his like goodbye Instagram post. Did you see that? Like I saw yeah, he dude. thanked the Patriots later though. Later in a story that he reposted from Robert Kraft saying nice things about him. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's exactly it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Like, I'll say uh, this. Um, never will there be another Tom Brady with such a decorated and illustrious history and record. But he did have a lot of uh, deflated footballs and stuff. I'm just kidding. But It's you know. not without controversy. The Patriots in that whole era, it's not without controversy. But the man winning, the man won seven rings. Um, he, every record is his for the most part. Um, he might not be. He, he's he's not only the best or the greatest football player of all time, but he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. He's um, probably the I greatest mean, single sport, uh, team sport athlete. He's probably the greatest. I know it's hard. It's hard not to say like MJ. It's hard not to. But and I we've talked a lot. Rings, we have talked so but, much about and Tom we Brady. and that's where I'm at too. It's like we are, we've talked so much about Brady that it doesn't. It's not like we have to sit here and have a, a Tom Brady special. Just like he didn't. Just like he retired quietly and didn't do a farewell tour. Like it's just like look, man. The 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 body of work speaks for itself marvelous doesn't cover it like like it's unprecedented and for all the love you have for the second year quarterback in joe burrow yes he's incredible for all the love we have for the for the young quarterback mahomes yes he's incredible but it is almost unattainable glory uh that brady has put on the field and and i don't think seven rings or the stuff that brady's done can be touched 
it's going to be this. one of those things like it's going to be one of those old timey NFL records that can't Correct. be touched. Like uh, like Paul Krause for the Vikings like has like an interception record from like the, I swear to God from, from like the '60s and it won't be touched. Like there are certain um, things that have happened in the NFL, rule changes and shifting in the NFL that has propped up quarterbacks and passing games and at the expense of defensive players to the extent that it should be easier to replicate that kind of success because Brady was doing it when people were getting clocked on sacks. Um, however, it still won't happen. Still won't happen. That being said, that being said, the optimist in me, if uh, Burrow goes out and scores a Super Bowl in his first two years and they draft a line, there's no reason to think he couldn't go and win a second. Just like we thought about Mahomes and stuff. Like th- these kids are here. The future's now, old man. For NFL mail, I've been in. I'm Luke. <laughs> All right, officially goodbye. Yeah, I think we're done now. NFL mail.